Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Dream Team Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Schultz, and joined, as always, to my left here, Zolfi Shake. What's up, what's up? Spencer Close. Hello, everyone. And Mr. Daniel Ramos. Yo. What a, what a day. What a nice day out today. We've got a, we got a lot to discuss in this episode. We're cooking. We are cooking, indeed. The Game 7 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals is done. The dust has settled, and it is indeed the Miami Heat that will be going and playing Against the Denver Nuggets. Heat culture, baby. Heat culture, Heat culture. indeed yeah. is alive. Lives on. Lots to talk about here. So we might as well just get straight into the recap, shall we? Let's do it. Game yes, seven. Sir. Heat and Celtics at home for Boston. The first team ever to be hosting a game seven after being down three nothing. Pretty interesting, eh? Interesting. Celtics looking to be that. First team also to come back from three nothing. Butler coming off a four of twenty nine. 29, 20, no, 21. I made him sound way worse than he was. <laughs> 4 21 shooting. Very first play of the game for Celtics. Tatum drives the net, goes down holding his ankle. On replay, it shows he clearly twisted his ankle. He would stay in the game, but clearly was not the same for the rest of the game. Late in the first, a low-scoring quarter, Brown loses the ball, collected by Butler, who goes up hard to cut the Celtics' lead to one. Then, Butler driving the net, passes wide open to Caleb Martin for three. Bang. Heat tie the game. Midway through the second, Martin goes right into Al Horford, twisting, turning, fading right over top of Horford, looking like prime Kobe Bryant there with that play. What a series for the undrafted player from Nevada. Later, Brown, looking to get going, has his shot blocked by Duncan Robinson? What? Duncan Robinson. Robinson hasn't had a block at all, all season long. This was his first ever block of the season, and it came in Game 7 when it mattered most. He also went off the dribble him. at one point for a layup. He this did. Is, this is Duncan Robinson we're talking about. He maybe takes three dribbles a game. Absurd. Heat led by 11 at half. Heat culture. To the end of the third we go now. Martin, one year ago on the game, on that day, May 29th, was a did not play in Game 7 against the Celtics where the Heat dropped. This game, oh, he was anything but did not play. He drove with the clock running down, right into Tatum. Two seconds left, fires the fadeaway. Of course it's in. Uh, Heat is up again by 11th. In the fort, Martin is at it once again, drains the three. He shot 68% on the night with 26 points, the most ever for an undrafted player. Speaking of undrafted players, back to the guy. Duncan Robinson drills the three, hands the ear as as he's taunting that Celtics crowd. This one's over. Celtics cannot recover. The Miami Heat outlast the comeback. The comeback is done. Blowout Boston, 103-84. Brown had eight turnovers for the Celtics, 15 on the night. Boston joins the 1951 New York Knicks, the 1994 Denver Nuggets, and the 2003 Portland Trailblazers as the only team to force a Game 7 but lose, and now they are the first to do so at home. And they are now the 151th. That's hard to say. 151st? 151st? First, yeah. yeah proper English. Yeah. Yeah. To not come back from being down 3 nothing, And the Heat are just the second team ever to be the eighth seed making the NBA Finals. It was 99 What team ever, sorry? The second team the only? Second the second team. Ever as an eighth seed to make the NBA Heat Finals. Culture, man. Heat, Heat culture, man. Heat culture. Let's talk. Let's get into this with firstly talking about the Celtics because – I think as we talked on our podcast, they had all the momentum going into that game. They did. Playing at home, 
having the Heat lose in one of the most insane ways possible and to still come out looking that flat as they did, uh, I think set the tone for the whole game to start. Yeah, it, it was it was just a, a weird game for the Celtics all around, if you look back at it. One, obviously, the, the literal first play of the game, Jason Tatum getting hurt, that automatically kind of puts you in a weird headspace around your superstar. And then uh, I've, I've talked about Joe Mazzula in the last couple episodes, but he did show his inexperience here today. Like, his team up, I believe it was like 9-4, or like yep. the Heat uh, finally scored at four points, which, again, not a big deal, but no. he kind of thought his team needed a timeout to refocus, but that kind of killed their momentum a little bit, mm. and that's when the Heat started chipping back. But uh, then my biggest takeaway is this hilariously is indicative of the series that this became a Derek White versus Caleb Martin game, which, again, no one would have thought. But in a you game... You have that on your bingo yeah, card going into the I, season? I did not put that on a parlay. Uh, but if a game becomes Derek White versus Caleb Martin, I think that's completely to the advantage of the Miami Heat. The Boston Celtics are driven by their superstars way more than Miami is. Obviously, Jimmy Butler does his thing, but we saw the night Bam had. So it it, did, it didn't – like, he was definitely not a superstar on the night. He had a good box score. Like, his plus-minus was great. But in terms of just the eye test and seeing him – so, like, when your stars aren't there, if I had to pick one of these teams to be able to perform still, it definitely would have been the Miami Heat because that's been their MO this entire time. So I think just Miami not getting that production from Jason Tatum, obviously being hurt – it, it was just more of the whole Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Like, where were they? Especially Jalen Brown with those eight turnovers. It, it was it was weird. Like, I I love the fact that I was right in my, my prediction, picking the Heat. But also, like, it doesn't feel the same because this game just felt off from the start. But I also said this last episode that Miami – I mean, sorry, Boston put so much energy in trying to make the comeback that that, like – Usually that's what happens. This is the reason why it's 151-0 in uh, 3-0 situations because it takes so much mental and physical energy to get to that point that like a letdown isn't totally surprising because you're just gassed. So it, it it's interesting because this team obviously has been a staple in the conference finals, but they're going to have so many questions going into the offseason. But that, it was a weird game. You mentioned stars, and a lot of that pressure had to fall onto Jalen Brown in that game. Yeah. And like I mentioned in the recap, he had eight turnovers on the Knights. Clearly did not excel in that role. Uh, just dead, didn't look like he was getting going the entire night. What does this team do with Jalen Brown? And I want to bring up something here that was shared by Sporting News on a possible Supermax contract. Again, Jalen Brown is up for Supermax this year. He can sign it. He made All-NBA again, so he is eligible for it. This is apparently what he would be considered... For Supermax would be fifty million dollars in 2024, 54 in 2025, 58 in 26, 62 in 27, and 66 in 28 for a total of 290 million dollars. I'll say that again: 290 million dollars. A lot of money. Did the Celtics really do that, or is this the end of the Jalen and Jason Tatum era? I think it's over. Yeah. Um, I think if the chemistry was good on the team, that they might look to re-sign him. I just think that that locker room needs such a change, and I feel like it starts with Jalen Brown. Um, I mean, let's just look here. In the Eastern Conference Finals, he took uh, 47 threes, mm-hmm. and he made seven. 
Wow. So God damn. Um. Yeah. He shot one for nine in the closeout game. Uh. He had eight turnovers, as we already mentioned. It's not looking good for Jalen Brown stock right now. I'm not sure. He's gonna get that max contract. That's just how the NBA works. Yeah. Don't think it'll be from the Celtics though. Um. I think they stay the same, guys. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna go a different take here. Really? I'm with you. I'll tell you why. It's like, but you go first. They, guys, look at the runs they've gone on. Like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are, what? They're not even 26 yet, right? Like they're yeah, not. I even, think Jalen Brown just turned 26. Just, Jason Tatum just, has been 19 for five yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jason Tatum's still 19 years old. Years old. Like that. You got to build off of that. Yeah. No, for real though, they have two young stars that are very young, and also other teams can't give. Jalen Brown the supermax so maybe like it would upset him but like Celtics don't have to give him the supermax so I, I it'd probably make him leave realistically that's the only they thing they don't have to but he won't not take it like yeah. I, you I think don't if see it's, like, if it's yeah. on the table he's not going lower than that no exactly but then then you think about other teams no other team is going to give him the supermax because number one they're literally not eligible to unless yeah. he gets traded and I don't think another team would do it regardless but I know his stock is low, but Jalen Brown is still a star. And Jason Tatum is a superstar. And they just made the conference finals. And they made the finals the year before, no? They did. Yes, yeah, they made the finals. Against the Warriors. Yeah. Guys, you don't give up on a team that made the finals last year and then the conference finals this year. I, th- I think there's two different answers to this question. Should they and will they, I think, are, are slightly different. Will they, I think, yes, uh, to your point, Dan, because – giving away Jalen Brown or him walking away, how, how does this team technically get better? Like, if you say you do a sign and trade, for instance, with this with Jalen Brown deal, like, what are you realistically getting back? Like, say you, you trade with Portland, where are you going to get? Anthony Simons and a pick? Like, does that make yeah, the Celtics... help. Exactly, yeah. right? That doesn't make the Celtics better. So, like, Jalen Brown's stock is very low, but, like, really, what do you get back that's going to, like, equate that value that he has? Because, again, he is an all-NBA player... Honestly, if he could just learn to dribble the basketball without bouncing it off like his foot or something and those eight yep. turnovers, like he would be much better. And I think that that is a skill that you can get better at. It's insane to say that a basketball player needs to learn to dribble better, but that is where we're at. Especially a guard. Yeah, but so, but going to the point, like should they is interesting because between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, if he does sign that Supermax, that's going to be roughly 70% of the cap on two players. Yeah. So for the Celtics, how do you realistically build a roster around that? That's insane. Like, you have to use 30% of your cap to fill out, like, another, like, 13 roster spots. Like, I don't know how you make a competitive roster with that, but their Supermaxes technically wouldn't kick in. Uh, like, Jalen Browns would kick in next season, but Jason Tatum's wouldn't kick in for two, so they would have this small window. So, like, I think they kind of have to because their roster needs it, but, God, it's going to be really hard for them after those next couple of years to stay competitive. So, it's, I, I, my hands are up in the air. I don't know. Sorry, I just want to make a correction. He actually shot 7 for 43 from 3, oh, not better, 47. Better, so, 16% know. rather yeah. than 13. You know, wow. we take it. It's right around their average for shooting. They also shot 21% again. Um, yeah, remember when I said seven. it was going to be probably impossible for them to shoot that bad they, again? They, they did. They were 1% they, better. They were better, but basically get, the same. They, like, it's, it's steps to success. It's yeah. they're now out of the playoffs, so you, I'm you not sure how much success. Steps to success. There we go. One day we're going to get canceled for continuously. <laughs> <laughs> hey, episode now we're bringing three. love to the culture. We're episode three, and we've already done like four different accents at this point. There will be more coming. Um, real quick, guys. <laughs> with that 70%, is that accounting for... The rise in the salary cap. I bu- I believe so. It may not, but because like the the, the salary official? cap going, I I don't know the official numbers on it. I heard it's it on the No Dunks podcast. I think they got it from Kevin O'Connor. Uh, but 
Yeah, I, th- I believe it accounts for the salary cap rising, but even if it doesn't, the salary cap rising, it, you bump it down to like 60%. Or like yeah. even, but mm-hmm. Either way, like say you even bump it down conservatively to 50%, two players are taking up half your salary cap. Mm-hmm. That's hard to build a good roster around because for sure. a guy like Marcus Smart is going to eventually like need more money based on the salary cap rising. You're gonna have like your 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 pieces around them, like your Al Horfords, Robert Williams. If you want to keep him around, he's definitely not gonna get like crazy money. But if he keeps producing the way he has, he's gonna be asking for money. So like, how do you build a successful team around these guys when they take up so much of your cap space? I think it's interesting that That's this league is constantly trying to change. Like teams are just going in and out, in and out, and they're just changing their lineups all the time. When yeah, let's not forget this team made the finals last year. They were literally a game away from making history. And then people are like, oh, let, yeah, let's trade our star player away. Just like that. I think it is a little inch. I'm not sure if the Celtics are going to do it. I think they run it back again, especially with that Supermax. Like, they just they just kind of have to at this point. Like, it's there. You're not going to not pay both of your guys. Tatum, for sure. Like, that's not – he's for sure staying. Yeah. Brown is the question mark. But I, I don't know. Something about it just doesn't sit right, thinking that they could possibly trade – Brown away after riding with him so well and he contributing massively in spurts too. Like let's not forget this guy's what, twenty five? Like he's he's a young player still in this league. I think it would be kind of insane. And yet his value is low right now. So what exactly are you gonna be getting for him? Like yeah. the best forget quickly. The best player on the market is Siakam right now. I would argue you're not getting Siakam value for Jalen Brown, I don't think, because the Raptors aren't going to trade Siakam away. I've heard people say, oh, yeah, like now oh, they can go and try to find Siakam and try to get him, and the Raptors can take Jalen Brown. I, I don't see any of that at all. It's an interesting hypothesis. Not at that price tag. No. Not at no. $290 million. But, like, to your point, and Dan's mentioned this too, like the Celtics were a couple minutes away from going back to another finals, right? So, like, they did – kind of stink it up a little bit at the end there but Jalen Brown has played in five conference finals in his seven seasons they've been to a finals literally last year so a couple it, it's crazy to say but like a couple bounces go their way they could possibly possibly have won a championship last year they could have been in another finals this year like going to the NBA finals is hard so if you have a team that's constantly at least getting like one step away from it like I think it's absurd to say that you're gonna just blow it up so Running it back sounds boring, and it may be like weird because like the, the numbers around it. But like again, like you said, Jake, like what else are you really gonna do unless you get some insane trade package? It's funny that people have this hypothesis about like oh, it's, it could be like a bad idea to run it back with those two. But then you look at like the Raptors, who are like oh, should we run it back with a core that didn't make the playoffs? And that raises another question within all of that because it's like the the must be nice to have a rich question of like oh, we have these two stars, one's a superstar. Oh, should we run it back with them? Should we not <laughs> run it back with them? Like, what do we do here? Run it back with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown versus run it back with Jakob Pertl, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the same. No, it I really think the doesn't. Raptors would win that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you? Do you really? No. Yeah. <laughs> I think the East also next year is going to be really weak again. Like, the East is so interesting because it's weak and very top-heavy, but then you see upsets like this happening like the west it's clearly the loaded conference so to blow up this core i feel like would be a mistake and i think it's more to the testament that also you can look at game seven i don't want to make excuses brogdon was just coming off of an injury 
He only played seven minutes. Yeah, no Gallo this season either. He no. was supposed to be a big addition for them last e- season. Exactly. In. Uh, Robert Williams apparently was had the stomach flu and was throwing up the whole game. Doing his best Joel Embiid. <laughs> exactly. And Tatum got hurt in the first play. So do you really want to blow up that core that was that close to making history? Yeah, I think the bigger question, and I hate to bring his name back up because I thought he was safe, but it is it is Joe Missoula. Because, like, again, I think he deserves the like uh, the, the leeway to learn, but he showed a lot of inexperience. I think, again, going back to Kevin O'Connor, he basically put a hit piece out on, like, the Celtics and that Joe Missoula needs to get out of there and put in a veteran coach to build around this team. But it, it's tough because I get it. Their window's so small. So it's hard, tough to say that you want to give a guy time to learn, but also like if he does learn with this team, he they can be really good. It's just it is also the fact if you do bring in a new coach, that's four coaches in four seasons for the Celtics. So there's no continuity there. So that's going to be tough. I actually want to ask you guys a question because I agree that it doesn't make any sense for the Celtics to want to blow it up, but are we sure that Jalen Brown wants to be there? That is a good. Do question. we know 20, what goes on in Jalen Brown's head? No, but no, just judging a, by NBA history, he's 26 years old, averages 26 and a half points per game, about to sign a supermax. Usually, that's around this point where the second star on a team wants to be the star. Right. True. So I, that's, that's my thing. True. That's why I think he's going to leave. I don't think he wants to be there anymore. I think that now is like his time to get out and get his own team. I don't think it's smart. I never did think it was smart when stars did that. But you have to keep. Um, in your mind that there is definitely egos involved as well. So if 100%. if you were to trade Brown, where is your hypothesized team? Hypothesis hypothetical team that you would hypothetical. Yeah, I was going to say. I have learned that English has not necessarily been my my go-to on this podcast. No. That's why you got us through here, man. I know. Like there's a reason that I've got people helping me out with this because I if I was just me on my own, I would just be blabbing random words at everyone and everyone be like, "What am I listening to?" Let's try it again. Let's see if you got a tightly knit tightly knit i almost said the other one it was <laughs> yeah. on the tip of my tongue i was going to say it uh what team do you think brown should go to will go to daniel well i don't know it's like you guys said like there's no return that makes you better right away like it's just so I, I like the best package i think would be portland or coming to the raptors getting siakam um those would be the two teams that instantly come to mind. Maybe there's another one I'm blanking on, but there's, there's a Rockets who are whose name have been in there in terms of signing him. I don't know about a trade package, but with that fourth overall pick, I think Boston would push for a sign and trade versus just like Jalen going there in the offseason. But like when you said Spencer, like does Jalen even want to be there? I think it's if he does have that like in the back of his head that he wants to get out of there, it'd be smarter to first sign the supermax, Probably, play yeah. and bring your stock back up a little bit so the teams are interested and then ask for a trade at some point, especially around deadline time. Like, I think if he does just say, oh, I want to just leave in free agency, like, you can go ahead, but you only get so many opportunities at a contract like that in your NBA life. So if you're yeah. going to do it, at least take advantage of it. Great point. I think that imagine Siakam with Tatum as a one-two duo. They'd oh, my goodness. Perimeter I, defense would be insane. They'd no. be so good. They, they, like, this team is already good with Brown, and adding a player who can – have handles which is again dribbling is a big thing also I, playmaking playmaking too he does pascal's playmaking is super underrated it is I underrated i i he for sure he's one of the best all-around players in the league he just, just doesn't have that clutch in him yeah. but to pair him with someone that has shown that he can be clutch in clutch moments and is so young and to have a veteran presence like siakam 
I think that would push the Celtics over. Granted, that's not it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it's it's happening. it won't happen. It's a fun idea to play around with. I think I think you're right. Portland's probably the one package I could see. I'm not so sure if a duo of Brown and Dame is really that enticing to me as a front office. But again, we don't really know what executives think. They kind of do whatever, whenever, and well, just they need a wing. That's like their biggest thing. That's like Dame has been begging for a wing. Like, and bringing another guard doesn't really. It does. I guess like he's, Brown's he's kind of. Yeah, a, I guess he's, he's kind of the guard kind of forward. Of yeah, yeah. But, he's not. But he, the his wing defense has. For. You know, I don't think it lives up to like what you want with a wing. No, like he's a good defender, but I think he's. I think this playoffs show that he's not the way he's been hyped up in, t- in terms of defense. Yeah, that least. was supposed to be his calling card coming into the league was def- 3 and D guy. Yeah. Uh, but now he's more of a shot him. creator, typical just guard. His on-ball defense is good. It's just his help defense that he just gets lost. I find that he gets lost a lot. So, But well, I just I don't think he's the answer for Portland, so I'm not no. sure if they, they want to do that anyways. We'll see what happens with the Celtics. I think they're an interesting – they. I it's crazy to even think that this would be this much of an interesting team to follow into the offseason given that everyone was like oh it's it's wraps now that the Bucks were out and Philly was out I was like oh yeah it's probably gonna be Celtics and they're out and we got to give the flowers to the Miami Heat um, to be able to persevere through what they did two games that were blown out a horrible fourth quarter against the Celtics with refing going crazy and shots not falling and to tip away from being in the NBA Finals to finally being in the NBA Finals. They set place to take off against the Nuggets on Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow night. Does the Heat have any chance of winning the series? Yes. I, I, I just don't see how you can say they don't have a chance after the way the playoffs have played out. Denver looks unstoppable, though. They do. They look like a perfect team, to be honest. I think it's going to be also hard to think about the fact that the Nuggets haven't lost at home at all in the playoffs so far. Um, Miami's also a very good home team, but if it comes down to that metric of somewhere in the water in Denver, is like they, they just become unstoppable at home, I think that's going to be hard to balance off. Um, and you also think that the Heat have not won a game in Denver since... 2016. It's been a long time, wow. but both these teams keep winning the first game of the series. Like I think they're both undefeated in game one so far this playoffs. Yep. So it's gonna be a dogfight, and I, I we say Heat culture is a joke, but it, it's true. It's real, like bro, it's real. an eight seed getting this far doesn't do that by mistake or by accident. So will I say they have a 50-50 shot? I don't think so. I think the popular pick obviously so far has been Denver, but. It goes back to the rust versus rest argument, and we get into the like real preview of it. Like I, I want to go further into that, but I think that to say no shot would be would be silly. I think the Heat definitely have a fu- like a puncher's chance in this for sure. What do you think is the moving needle outside of Butler to push this team over to beating the Nuggets? Well, you got to keep getting that production from the role players, right? Those undrafted guys we talked about last podcast. Caleb they Martin. To, they need, if Caleb Martin can shoot. 60% from the field, then 49% from deep again, and play, you know, 40-plus minutes a game, they're going to have a chance because that's incredible. He outplayed Jalen Brown, who we were just talking about. So if we're going to call Jalen Brown a star, Caleb Martin's been playing like one. You yeah. got four of the nine Eastern Conference Final MVP votes. 
one of those votes swing the other way, this trophy doesn't go to Jimmy. It goes to Caleb Martin. Honestly, I'm kind of shocked that Martin didn't win it. I'm going to be honest. Like, the those last four games, it just seemed like Martin was the one bailing out this team. Yeah. yeah. If Jimmy didn't get 28 in the last game, I think there was a shot. But the fact that he did, and then the first couple games he was he was good. So if you look at the series stats, he led the Heat in, like, just about every category. Points, yeah. rebounds, assists, I think blocks or something crazy. So, like... When you have your superstar leading your team in categories for a series, it's 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 not a surprise that he won. But like, yeah, if he stunk up the bed in that last game, I think it would have been a different story. It's just the efficiency from Kale Martin, right? It's he didn't have the most eye-popping stats, but when you start looking at the percentages and the turnover, like only one turnover a game on 35 plus minutes, 19 points, again, 60% from the field for the series. He had one game where he shot below 50%. That is ridiculous. Uh, uh, that, that, he's gonna get money. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 6.4 attempts per game from three. He hit three of them. Like, just crazy. I think if you keep getting those production, I agree. I think that's a good thing. Tyler Hero also reportedly might be targeting game three as his return. I did see that. Which, that poses another interesting question because who are you moving out of that starting lineup to put Hero back in? Or do you ride Hero off off the bench? bench. Yeah, I think you got to. Like, it's... I heard this on another podcast. It's a great question. Like, if Hero was in this whole playoff series, do you think they're here at this point? No, I don't. Which is great. He's a 20-point-per-game scorer, but it's a a valid question. You don't ride players like Caleb Martin. Yeah, you wouldn't get his Hero, No. Tyler Hero is a ball-dominant guard these days, so he needs a ball. That's true, yeah. What about Bam Adebayo? I think he's the X factor. I think he's the key to the series. Yeah. Someone's going to use Stav Jokic. Yeah, if he underperforms... I mean, no one's going to stop Jokic, but... Slow him down. If, yeah, I'm honestly him scared down. to see how Adebayo does against Jokic. Yeah, so I well, I care way less about what he does on offense. It's going to be on defense because Jokic is the perfect person to destroy the zone. Even and you yep, know the zone defense yeah, is exactly. going to come out because it's been the most successful for the Heat. And like for guys like Duncan Robinson to stay on the floor, they need a zone defense because man-to-man isn't probably going to work for a guy like Duncan. And he's one of the contributors. So the zone defense is going to be so important. But a big man who can operate through the middle and then find like open shooters, like that's exactly who Jokic is. So Bam is going to have to do something to disrupt that. And if he doesn't have a good series, I think it's it's a wash. Because like who are, who are the Heat's big men? Like Cody Zeller and Kevin Love were out of the rotation because of the zone defense. Well, it was about time Cody Zeller got taken out of that <laughs> rotation. You don't get me started on yeah. Cody Zeller. But like, it's insane because they might have to play. They will have to because they need more big bodies. I'm so t- guys, I'm so tired of watching Cody Zeller. They can't basketball. play small. You don't like Cody Denver Zeller in a mask? No, you can't. No, dude. I'm good. You literally can't. Cody Zeller should have been on this league three years ago. But now he might be having to defend Nikola Jokic in the NBA Finals. It's it and might have to do happen. a great job. I feel like I Jokic believe. is just going to feast game hey. one. I oh, think Adebayo's yeah. riding such a cold streak right now, too, on defense. He's not looked anywhere close to this dominant player that he's supposed to be. I, I, Jokic is going to feast, feed you, like eat you alive if but he's that, doing that. That also might be the Heat strategy. Let Jokic get his 30 points because he doesn't like, quite honestly, he doesn't like to be a scorer. His style of play is like, I want to move the ball and pass it and be a playmaker and then operate out of that. So if you force him to like just eat and get your own production and you try to guard the perimeter players like your Murray, your uh, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, all those guys, uh, MPJ, that MCP. like that it weirdly that might be the the heat strategy which sounds insane to let an, a two-time MVP cook but that um, it, not it, to Nick Nurse actually. Yeah, Nick Nurse point. would Boxing do exactly won. that. He would let Jokic 
Cook and just try to stop all the role players. Box and one, and it worked in in the finals for them. So it did. Yeah, this it's going to be interesting because you know that zone's going to have to come out at some point, and I think that's a big part of the series too. Throughout, you'll see it, but like, when is it going to happen? How much is it going to happen? Because you're going to get to see what Jokic can really do, and then it's going to raise so many other questions out of it. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have to see Spo really shine in this one as a coach. To, to build on that a little bit. I think the reason, too, that Denver has been so successful in this playoffs is because Jokic has been more okay with being the scorer. So, like, if, if Zolfi, like Zolfi said, if they do do that, I feel like Jokic will probably put up 30-plus a game, like he has been for the most part. Um, I just didn't even know, like, this season, there'd be some games where there's, like, 11 points on, like, nine shots, and then they lose by, like, five points. And it's like, why didn't you take over more? And he's showing that now that he's willing to do that a bit more. So I think that's going to help them a lot because I, I agree with Zolfi. They will try to get the, or they will try to keep the ball in his hands. As weird as it sounds, I think my favorite thing that is coming to this series is that this is also a battle between two of the top five longest tenured coaches in the league, because True. you see yeah. all of the the movement that's been happening. And what does Mike that say? Malone. Mike that Malone is forty. That is wild, crazy, and I don't think we've seen Mike Malone really on level like this. And I think he will be tested. Um, Spolstra's been here before. He knows how this stuff goes. I think Spolstra's going to give him a little bit of a kick to start. Um, it'll be fun to watch these two teams go back and forth at it. Want to do some predictions? We want to get a get a little feisty going into this. Let's do it. Let's hear it. I got the Heat game one. Game one. Game uh, one. And here's why. I I think that record's got to break at some point this this Nuggets team is not can they go through the entire NBA postseason with winning at home every single game maybe could I think has it been done before did the Lakers do it in the early 2000s it's, it's got to have been done before that would right? be the one team I would think would have done yeah, it yeah the Warriors maybe would have done it on one of their runs they were so dominant so I don't know I feel like it's the Celtics back in the day, maybe. And I'm going to take the the rust versus rest argument to heart here and say that the Nuggets are going to look a little bit rusty to start this game off, and I think that the Heat are going to capitalize this. You don't go through this grueling, long seven-game series and not still, yeah, you're going to be tired, but you're also going to be in a groove. And Jimmy played well game seven. Caleb Martin is scorching hot to keep riding that momentum and not have it halted. Like, the Nuggets have had, what, 10 days rest, if not more, something like that? Mm, around there. Yeah. It's it, been a while. I think, I think the Heat are going to capitalize on that. I got game one going to the Heat. I also have game one to the Heat for almost the exact <laughs> Spencer, same Spencer, you just ride with me on I, everything, don't I'm you? A, I'm a big believer that there's such a thing as too much rest. I'm going to throw it out there right now. I do think that Denver will win the series. I don't know if that's too early or, or what, but... I do have Heat game one. Zolfi? I'm, I'm going the other way. I got I got Denver going game one. We're so boring, I, guys. I, 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 hey, at least we're not all picking the same thing. Uh, but Got to get that record going back I up. think the, the the rest versus rust thing, uh, I don't know. I think they, have, they might be a bit rusty, but the Heat, again, it's such an emotional just like like – Expense when you go into that game seven, you get that win, all the stuff that was around it, you, you expend so much energy. That plus the higher altitude plus this Denver team being so good and the fact that Heat will need to go into that zone that takes so much out of you as a team. That's why not many NBA teams do it. Like, I think they're, they're going to be a little tired, a little flat because of it. And I think that's why Denver comes and takes game one. I give Heat more of a chance in game two, depending on how game one goes, obviously. 
But I think game one is just going to be a, a pretty dominant game from uh, Jokic and uh, the Nuggets. So I think I think they take it for that reason. So you think they cover their eight and a half points? Eight and a half points is a lot in any playoff is game. Is that what it's at right I, now? I think eight and a half, yeah. Oh, my God. Eight and a half God, is a that's... lot for, for a, a finals game. I, I, I'll say they won't cover it. They'll probably win by like five or six, but they'll, they'll get the dub. I'm going Denver as well. Just, you know, nice two, me two and Zolfi always again. picking yeah. the same team as well, man. Yeah, we believe in heat culture. One day we'll have a sweet culture. Heat real, them. and now the Denver Nuggets are legit. Yeah, you dropped yeah. off heat culture real fast. You're right to the opposite side. Ah, of we haven't made there. our, like, yeah, full prediction. But, you yeah. Know, yeah, exactly. I haven't said the full series yet. But yeah. for game one, Denver is like a – they're a machine. Like, they're, they're just – They are a juggernaut. Like, they have the perfect player at every single position that you need. They have their superstar in Jokic. They have their second star in Murray. And then they have all the perfect role players on top of that. Aaron Gordon, hell of a player. Like, did not think he would turn out like this, like, coming from the Magic. But he fit in there perfectly. He's stuck to his role. And then you got guys like MPJ who can, like, have moments of brilliance. A great shooter, obviously. And KCP, who just has awesome Moments of not passing the ball also. Yeah, he has some silly moments. He's, you know. No bad shots for that guy. I think he has some brain farts here and there on on the court. But, yeah, and then you got KCP, who's just a great shooter and a great defender. So... And they haven't lost a game at home this whole playoffs. That's a big deal. They got to be confident going into this. The Heat, like Zolfi said, got to be tired. They got to be exhausted. Um, I see them losing game one to the Nuggets. So interesting times ahead. Where I don't feel super strong either way. I don't either. I just, you know, we gotta change. That. I, if I ride Denver, it's gonna be a bit too. Basic. So, Denver Bulls whoa, whoa, are you calling us basic? For making the right Riding pick. The better team. Yeah, the yeah. One seed is basic. Yeah. You, oh, that's too popular. I, think, okay, no, I don't <laughs> like it. How about this? I think Daniel just hit me with so much heat culture that I felt like I needed <laughs> oh. to take them at this. Yeah, point. we're finally on board, boys. You switch <laughs> yeah. it up on us. Yeah, come hey, on. Yeah, we well, that's we too popular make, now. We, we have to get off of it. Exactly. We're not bandwagon. Before we go here, I wanted to quickly jump into Bob Myers leaving. The Golden State Warriors, yeah, after winning all of their championships with them for the past decade, he's a four-time NBA champion with this team. He's a two-time executive champion. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> I think I think the ride was just over. Like, uh, you obviously have Draymond situation coming out of this. That's going to be a big decision. Do you bring him back? Obviously, the buzz around the Lakers of him going there and everything. That relationship with LeBron. You have so many question marks gonna, that are going to be ha- uh, come going forward with, like, what kind of role does Jordan Poole have on this team after the disappointment in the playoffs. You have, obviously, Clay and his aging. Steph is still Steph, but, like, he only has so many years left. Uh, so I think there's so many question marks. And, like, again, what else does he really have to prove as an executive for this team? What's the challenge there now, uh, like, for him? So I think it was just, from what I gathered, it was just, like, the ride's over. Like, sometimes you kind of just have to get off because you feel like you've done it all. So I, I, it sounds like nothing was on bad terms or anything like that, which is always healthy and good. But uh, I feel like there's just a lot of question marks there for uh, Bob, and he probably looked at it and was like, ah, I don't know if I can do this again. i got to go somewhere fresh and start over. And he's left them in a good enough place where they can figure it out. So I think he just kind of wanted something new. Yeah, it seems like uh, his press conference, the overlying theme was that He's not 100% engaged with the job anymore, and uh, that's why he is leaving. And it, it makes sense. Like Zulfi said, they've accomplished so much. And, like, imagine winning all those championships and always being in contention, and then you're not all of a sudden. Like, 
he probably doesn't feel like he's fully engaged. He's done it all. He's been there. He's done that. And uh, I think it's time for him just to move on to something new. I wonder if he will. Uh, like, I wonder if this is it for him or if he will. Yeah, I'm not a new sure. I'm not I think sure he'll be he back at some point, but I would not blame him if he took a break for a bit. It's just these quotes that are making me think that he doesn't want to do it what right did he say? now. It's just a lot about him not being fully invested and it's not fair to the team, stuff mm. like that. So you think he says it's not about the money. I got, I make plenty of money. Like, <laughs> do you think that him going somewhere else is going to respark that, or do you think that he's just he's burnt out right now? I that sounds like burnout to me. But it was so out of nowhere yeah. that kind of leaves me a little bit of pondering to if this is also he has another plan of wanting to go somewhere else. Because the, the keyword of not being engaged is a is the, the one that's kind of sticking out to me the most is like, okay, maybe this core isn't moving the needle enough for him anymore because they're old. I, they're good. I'm not discrediting what Steph Curry can do because obviously it's Steph Curry. But Clay Thompson is quite frankly has not been the same player since he came back from his ACL injury and a lot right a lot of the questions of Jordan Poole and if they're going to have this guy still on the roster with his looking like an overpaid contract and Draymond Green what the the question marks there even though it seems like the team wants him back and I don't really see him anywhere else that would it would just look weird to me seeing Draymond Green on another team I think I wouldn't be shocked if he goes somewhere else honestly do you think he'll end up somewhere that they're ready to win, though, or do you think they'll he'll go somewhere maybe where they're on the brink, where he thinks he can kind of the La- use brink. his... The Lakers thing is really interesting to me. Ooh, yeah. I yeah. mean, Rob Palenka did a good job. Yeah. I, I, I really just did not rate him before the trade deadline this season, I, and he made a lot of good moves. I gotta, oh, I'm got i going to take the L on that. He did really well. He put together a capable roster, but like this this Warriors team, in terms of Bob Myers, we're like at a crossroads. We're like we have our, our old vets and we have our young guys, and clearly there's the, the chemistry is lacking there. Obviously encapsulated by Draymond Green, just Floyd Mayweather punching uh, Jordan Poole at the beginning of the season. So I, I think, think like they 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 have to come to like I think uh, Bob Myers basically saw this roster is not a championship contender anymore, and they had all these like dynamic issues going on in the locker room where he was kind of like. I need to step away from this. This is too much for me now. Coming right off a championship and Draymond Green and Jordan Poole getting into that fight, basically setting the grounds for the entire season was such a weird thing that I I forgot about that until Zolfi mentioned that that happened. Did you guys see Draymond recently referred to it? He was talking. He's like, yeah, the Poole incident. (laughs) Like, bro. That was your incident. Okay. You (laughs) punched him. Okay. We're all trying to find the guy. It's called a Draymond incident. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in terms of that team, I think it's just he he did all he could, and they they're in a spot now where they have more questions than answers. So I don't blame him for leaving that. In terms of what he picks next, I feel like I get the idea of going to a team on the brink because it's more of a, a challenge, like maybe like the Sixers type of squad. Not saying that they need uh, a new GM, but like a team like that, I, I get. But also, if you're gonna leave the Warriors, I would assume it's because you didn't think the roster was championship worthy. So I would guess you'd want to go to a roster that is. But I'd, I would honestly just think he takes a break for a while until something enticing comes up. He really doesn't, like you said, doesn't need the money. So he sit back, relax, and then wait it out. All I know for sure, as soon as he chooses to come back, there he is going to be sought after like oh. crazy. Oh, He's Teams are going to go crazy for one him. One of the greatest executives of all time. Yeah. And I don't yeah, even think is. it's hyperbole to say that. He's just what he's accomplished with the longevity, them winning last year especially. Yeah, the last year's championship. Yeah. Is like, the, the that, final stone. Yeah, that's 
Okay. With the core that everyone counted out and was like, oh, they're not going to do it and doing it. And yeah, so congrats to Bob Myers on his uh, career with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it was certainly fantastic watching the core that he built together. And uh, we'll see what the future holds for him. Go enjoy that California sun for a bit. Relax. Yeah. You've you, done enough. You've got some time. you got some chips. It, is, it is nice sun, honestly. It, it is Great nice place. sun. I think that about wraps up for this episode. How you guys feeling? You guys feel like we're leaving on the good terms here? Yeah, I, I, I wanted yeah. to. Sorry, I want to do something fun because okay. uh, this whole really conversation. I, I like fun. Yeah, fun is fun. Uh, <laughs> I this whole conversation around the finals has been like Lakers Celtics was where all the stories were, mm-hmm. but and like Denver and Miami would be a, a crappy final for the casuals. If you're a real basketball fan, you know that's not the case. Right. But I wanted to like go over some of the narratives or storylines in this to say why it's going to be exciting, and then kind of see what you guys think. What you think is going to be the most fun or the most exciting? Hit us with it. So. So obviously first, this is going to be a legacy ring, which yep. is exciting because you have two SAR players who don't have a chip yet. So you have Jokic obviously on Denver side and then Jimmy Butler. What this ring means for this legacy is going to be insane because this probably makes Jimmy Butler a uh, Hall of Famer. This makes Nikola Jokic probably one of the top five, ten centers of all time. Which oh, I don't top know. 25. Yeah, top 20 player. You know what I mean? It's insane. So there's that storyline. And then there's the secondary players. What does a ring like this do for a guy like Bam Adebayo? who honestly, when his career is said and done, might be a fringe Hall of Famer. But then if you add a ring to it, like I think that's going to really help his case. Uh, Spolstra, if he gets a ring with this team, like that's going to be, what, four on his record now? Thanks. Was he, has, he the coach when they won in 2000? He was an assistant. Like, okay. uh, if you don't want to count that, he has a two as a head coach. But like it would be four as a, as a member of it, like, the coaching staff. Okay. Uh, he was an assistant on that 06 team. Yeah. But... Yeah, like this puts him squarely in like the top five coaches of all time, in my opinion. Like again, you can argue top ten. Definitely replacing Doc Rivers on that list. Just putting that out there. Uh, but uh, it's Spolstra, that storyline about him. Pat Riley's been in. I think the number now is going to be twenty four point seven percent of all finals. This guy has been in a That's quarter crazy. of, be it as an executive player or coach, mind you. But he's been in a quarter of all NBA finals ever. That's an insane accomplishment. As Canadians, there's Canadian content. You have Jamal Murray, the Kitchener's finest on Denver side, and then you have Kyle Lowry, who's the beloved son of our team in Toronto, the GROAT, the greatest Raptor of all time. Canadian him. content, Kyle Lowry, I love it. We yeah, win both which is insane, it. because like if you looked at Raptors Twitter when the Heat went on, a lot of them were just talking about Kyle Lowry going there and how happy they were. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's weirdly, this guy from Philly is Canadian content for us because we're so in love with him and what he's done for this team. So like you have Murray on one side, Lowry on the other, and you think it would be a blowout to support Murray, but no, there's going to be a lot of fans who want to see Lowry get that second ring because that would absolutely cement his place in the Hall of Fame. I think he should already go in there, but some people disagree. You have still like this whole zone defense conversation if you're an NBA sicko. like You're going to love seeing what happens with that. You, uh, I stretched with that one, but you have the Cinderella Heat. Again, an eight seed versus a one seed. This is literally David versus Goliath at yep. its finest. Yeah. And you and you add to that the South Florida story. You have the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup playoffs, also an eight seed taking on the Golden Knights. And who the, everyone forgot about this, the the Morris beef with the Jokic brothers yep. when uh, uh, Jokic body checked Morris from behind and then he was injured and then there's all that where, like, literally – Jimmy Butler was like, meet my ass in the back. Like, I'm going to take you on. And then the Heat players, if you look back on Twitter, there's the picture of the Heat players outside of the Nuggets locker room. Oh, yeah. Literally looking like a mafia movie. <laughs> so there's going to be juice to that. There's some there's some heat there. And then, this is just a funny one, but Jokic versus Jovic. 
You know, I'm just That's saying the Nikola, Nikola matchup, Nikola Jokic. Will they uh, touch will the floor only, at the same time? Yeah. Probably not. Will they touch the floor at the same time? No, not likely. Uh, but hey, Nikola Jovic said when he got drafted, "I'd love to meet Jokic." You're about to meet him on go. the biggest stage possible. Oh, that must be so, so cool for him, man. Yeah. So Jokic versus Jovic, I think, is a hilarious storyline that there's going to be memes about. But there's a lot there. There's a lot of stories. What I got you, one what more. Out for? Oh, I yeah, got one more throw in there. Kyle Lowry versus Aaron Gordon. They have yeah, a massive got, oh, rivalry yeah. with each other. Yeah. From the bubble. Yep. They were, game is room number. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I love dog Kyle Lowry. That's like oh, my favorite. Whenever you poke him and just piss him off. He's the best, dude. And I hope I hope Lowry plays well in the finals. I also. hope so too, man. He played okay in game seven. And I, I just, he's been really up and down these playoffs. I think yeah. he's another X factor on this team. Like when he's firing on oh, cylinders. Oh, definitely, dude. Yeah, there's there's so many storylines. Yeah, I think you, you just said it right there. That this to write off this NBA Finals is boring. It's ridiculous. A- that is but just boring. casual fans, dude. No, it's That's just Celtics casual. and Lakers fans. And Celtics. Yeah, and Lakers they're like, fans. oh, if it was Celtics and Lakers, it'd be so much better. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, I don't want to watch them for the eight thousandth time. I don't either. I think this finals is. Perfect. It'd still be a good finals, but like, I'm just happy to watch basketball in the finals like i they're don't know two like it's just... likable teams with two likable players unless butler has hurt your franchise then you don't like butler well he's hurt our franchise but we still like him i still so like that, him that, I that still tells you a lot of him. Uh, jimmy butler might be one of my favorite players to be honest he's, a dog, he's so cool man. man he is a dog i love that take yeah. i love jimmy butler we'll he's see what happens dude. game one of the nba finals we're here is tomorrow i think that wraps it up guys i think we're on good terms here yeah. Let's enjoy some basketball. Absolutely. So we will be back next week going through a couple of the games because I'm sure we'll be through two games at least by that point by the time we get back to the podcast. But that about wraps it up here. If you guys want to follow us on everything, we are at dream underscore team pod. I got that one right this time. I messed it up in the second one. Me, me messing something up? Crazy. I lost so many happens. followers because of you. Oh, I know, right? Uh, we are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as the Dream Team Podcast. And yeah, that has been episode three. Wait, wait. So, I want to give a shout out. Oh, you got shout out time? To Dan Skov. Shout out Dan Skov, man. Said, yeah, what, what a great podcast so far. These guys killed it and gave us five stars. Oh. Shout out Dan. Shout out Air Skov. Air horn noises. The Dan Skov. Shout out to that guy, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys for every, all the support in the past two weeks. has been incredible with the Dream Team. We are only getting started here. That's for everyone here. From Jake, from Zulfi, from Spencer, and from Daniel. See you guys in the next one. Peace. Later. Peace